Welcome to the SBCN Podcast, a production of the Small Business Community Network, brought to you by Brad Poulos, small business coach, entrepreneurship professor, and author of the Small Business Operator's Manual, a guide to running your small business profitably. the SBCN Small Biz Podcast. It's Linda Aquagena here, your host for today and one of the SBCN co-founders. So it's a new year and we have a new sponsor for the SBCN Small Biz Podcast. And um, this person is an author, a successful business owner, a professor. In fact, the list goes on too much. So I'm going to introduce Brad Poulos. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Linda. So first of all, from Dave and myself, co-founders of the SBCN, we want to thank you for being the um, 2023 SBCN Small Biz Podcast sponsor and why we're really, really honoured. Um, you're quite the um, the success story. You're quite the the person out there who's done this, done that, done everything. And recently, as I say, you have a, a best-selling book. So again, you know, we just want to thank you for being uh, the sponsor, and if you could just share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, because I think it's wonderful that you um, have taken the time to write a book in your busy life. So maybe we could start with that. Sure. Okay. So uh, about um, almost fifteen years ago, I started teaching. Um, I had had a I had had a corporate career for about fifteen years, and then uh, for another roughly fifteen years or so, I. I ran my own businesses and um, I had always sort of had a bit of a, you know, a bug in me about teaching. I had had a, a short one year stint as a corporate trainer when I was at Telesat Canada and very much enjoyed that. And, and I like sharing. So, so I started teaching and I kind of naturally fell into teaching entrepreneurship type courses and small biz courses. And through that, I realized that there really wasn't what I considered to be anyway, um, a good book that was sort of a guide for the owner of an established business. Uh, lots and lots and lots of pages have been dedicated to how you start a business, um, how you you know get through the startup process. That's been very popular for about the last you know fifteen or twenty years to write about. And then at the other end of the spectrum, of course, uh, teaching in a business school at a university, I see all kinds of books on the various functional areas like, like you know, accounting or marketing or uh, human resources, mm -hmm. uh, but nothing that really pulled that all together for a small business person who's operating a business. Mm -hmm. So that was the idea behind my book. Wow. <laughs> it's like so much to take in. Um, what's the name of your book, um, please, so we can share this with everyone? The Small Business Operator's Manual, A Practical Guide for Running Your Small Business Profitably. And we can um, actually purchase that on Amazon. That's correct, isn't it? That's right. It's available as a paperback, hardcover, and a ebook. That's wonderful. So you're correct. Um, I have never actually seen a book that takes on this topic um, when I've been looking around and, you know, You've mentioned for established businesses. 
So that's good as well for one of the reasons I think it's good is when you establish a business and you get really busy and you, you know, you become kind of not complacent, but maybe you don't keep up with the times or you don't, you know, read about all the new things that are going on. Also, you could just get stuck at some point and say, how do I grow, you know, how do I continue with my growth or how do, why did, you know, my, my customers stop coming, that kind of thing. Um, I know it's a bestseller, um, but I know, Brad, that you, very much like myself and other people we know, you're very community, you know, interested in helping communities and helping individuals. So I know you wrote this to help many, many people. What is one of the things about the book, do you think, that the established business owner who who purchased your book will really find helpful? Well, I hope that they would find the the stories and examples that I provided helpful. So every chapter has at least one of these two constructs that I put together when thinking about, you know, how do you actually put, you know, put the book together? <laughs> and um, so one is just a, a, some kind of a story, and I call them looking back, that uh-huh. illustrates the point that I'm trying to make. And then the other one is uh, how it really is, because, you know, a lot of times we talk about theory and especially in the business schools, but don't get down to the practicality of things. So like, for example, and there's probably a lot of people who would disagree with me, but that's fine. I mean, we're all entitled to opinion. Um, I believe that every small business should be incorporated. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just think that that's the right answer and just go there. Just go straight to that. And, you know, I know a lot of people operate as sole proprietors, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think that the advantages outweigh the disadvantages of that, um, you know, of, the, of, of that um, form of organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm talking about somebody, remember, who's operating um, what I call a fully operational, um, productive small business. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. not talking about the micro business that's one person, yeah. you know, doing their own thing. I'm talking about something that has employees that has, you know, probably in the couple of million of sales and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So, so, so Brad, sorry. let me, let me jump in. Why wouldn't someone with that kind of business be incorporated? It doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. But I have seen it. I've actually seen sole proprietorships that have like five and six employees. So they may so not be up to a couple of million, but they might be getting close to a million. And, and I to me at that, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that, Brad, because as you've said, there are so many more benefits and and um, reasons why once you start, you know, get into that kind of, you know, revenue and you have – what do you say, five or six employees, there are more benefits than not to, to, to being incorporated. I, I don't understand that. I really, really don't. What I have found, because I, as you know, I didn't go to business school and I didn't mean to be a business owner and I'm, I'm not of your calibre and I'm not ashamed of that. I love doing what I do uh, with both my businesses. But when I'm mentoring the newer small businesses, you know, and some of our small businesses have grown. They have um, got to that kind of revenue. They have incorporated, thank goodness, and they have actually, you know, employed people. So I know it does happen, but some businesses just don't seem prepared for the growth. Um, so let's say somebody's not incorporated and they're not really have employees, but they have contractors. So that's still is something to think about, isn't it? Because when you 
giving contract work to people, there are things that maybe if you're incorporated would benefit you better than not. Would that be true? Well, yeah. And, and I mean, once you get to a certain size, there's actually tax advantages. But yes. prior to that kicking in, you have the issue of limited versus unlimited liability. And the moment that you have even one employee, my argument would be like, do I want to lose my house because of what one employee did? Yeah. Uh, and whether they're a contractor or an employee is quite irrelevant. Actually, oh, okay. you know, you're you're going to get you're going to get sued. Uh, they might get sued too, but you're going to get sued. So, <laughs> so uh, why that's, not? That's a really good. Yourself? That's a really good point. Um, so there's there's a lot of misconceptions about this topic. So I'm glad you you're sharing it with us today, so we can spread the word. Um, I have no idea why. When you get to five or six employees and you are making a really good revenue, why that calibre of, of business would not be incorporated, but it's a really, really good point. Um, I know for a fact, Brad, that um, you found time to write this book with everything else you do. So I often hear that business owners of all you know sizes and, and however long they've been in business say, I'd love to write a book, but I never find the time. So, Brad, how did you find the time? So you don't find time for anything. <laughs> you make time. Yeah. And it takes discipline. There's no yeah. question about it. Um, the, 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 the book, the writing of the book started out absolutely as a labor of love. Yeah. But by the la- by the uh, final chapter, it was tough slugging. There's no, you know, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in systems, using systems as opposed to uh, goals. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying goals are bad. I just no, think no. systems are systems are better than goals. Yeah. And um, so the system that I used was that I would get up earlier than normal, and I would write a thousand words a day. And if I didn't do that in a particular week, and it, it, there were weeks where that was the case, mm-hmm. then I would force myself to write three to 4,000 words on a Saturday morning. Which is no, so. <laughs> that, that's, quite, that's quite amazing. Now, obviously, I understand where you're coming from, and I think you've explained it perfectly, but for the person out there who's going, well, what is the difference, Brad, between a system and a goal? Because they sound very much alike when you explain it. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. Now, this is not. I. I never had a good idea, Linda, that I didn't steal from some other human being. So this <laughs> one I stole from Scott Adams. Yeah. Scott Adams is the fellow who writes the Dilbert column. Oh, uh, we love it, him. Yeah, we love him. Yeah. Sorry, comic strip, not a column, but uh, but anyway, yeah. he's actually quite a prolific writer as well, and he has some. He has some really great, uh, great concepts that, uh, anyway, that have resonated with me. And one of them was this notion of, of goals, uh, um, of systems over goals. The best example I can think of is something I'm in the middle of right now, which is uh, trying to lose weight. So <laughs> um, let's let's just pretend, theoretically speaking, of course, yep. that I needed to lose twenty pounds. Yeah. Well, so and and then I wanted to do that by May first because that's when the nice weather comes and all yeah. that. So okay, so there's my goal. Okay, and let's say that I I um, get to May first and I've lost eighteen pounds. Mm-hmm. By some measures, I'm a failure. Really? But in my opinion, sure, I didn't meet my goal by two pounds. 
Right. But I, but, but I got, I, I lost 18 pounds. It's a good thing. Like, why would I be beating myself up over it? But the goal says, no, you didn't get there. So instead, okay. so I have, I, I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. I don't know how much I weigh right now. No, no. And I don't have a goal. All right. My only goal, I guess, loose goal would be that by the nice weather, I'd like to fit in my clothes better. But yet you and I have a system. A system, for, yeah. Right. I have a system that I'm working involving both diet and exercise. Yeah. And to me, it's kind of irrelevant what my actual number of my weight is. Yeah. This may not work for everybody, but it, I found that, it, that this this approach to life works really well for me. I'll give you another really quick story about it. So mm -hmm. I had um, I had a goal by the time I was age 45 that I would be a president of a Fortune 500 company. That's yeah. a pretty lofty goal. Yeah. And uh, five days before my 45th birthday, I sold my company and I became president and CEO of a publicly traded company. That was not on the Fortune 500. And to me, I just looked at myself in the mirror and I went, check, like done, good enough, yeah. close enough, pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah, <laughs> so what? It's not on the Fortune 500. <laughs> and so that's, you know, that's sort of how I approach goals and why I think systems I have more value to me than I love goals it, yeah. do. I think goals can be, um, some people are scared by the goals and, and do think they've failed. And obviously, in some aspects of business and personal life, in my case, I sometimes felt I'd failed, but then I turned it around and said to myself, well, I don't think I failed. I did the best I could do what I can do better next time. So, And, and some people, when we talk about goals, think that they have to stick to them rigidly and if they don't, that it's to me, Brad, it's a little bit like a business plan, a business plan. It's like, I don't know, a, a map, a roadmap, whatever you want to call it. And that yes. will keep changing, won't it? I mean, as you grow your business, as you prosper, as you you, you get into the years and years of business, that, that business plan should change. Otherwise, everything goes stale. So I love the way you call it a system, and I'm going to steal that from you. Okay. <laughs> and give you due credit like you gave the Dilbert guy the due credit. Um, yeah. But the thing is, it takes away the fear factor as well, I think, when you you know what you want to do and you've got a system of doing it and also where weight is concerned, it can cause health problems, not for you and myself, but for some vulnerable people. So I love that way of doing it, Brad. But we've known each other now on LinkedIn for a very long time, but it's only recently we've really got to know each other because you're incredibly busy all the time. But before COVID, Dave and myself were traveling very much with business and pleasure. Um, so I didn't really have that time to get to know as many people as I would have liked. But I have to say, in all honesty, you are one of my people I look up to and I see as a hero who's been there, done it, but still wants to help people or communities like the Small Business Community Network and sponsor this podcast. And as you know, we love to give back ourselves. So you have you know, helped us tremendously and we can't thank you enough. But we're going to grab you for another one of these podcasts when you're not so busy because every time I ask you a question or or you tell a story, you give me more food for thought, Brad. It's amazing. Oh, very happy to hear that. And I'm also very happy to be involved. Oh, you are lovely. You really are. And thank you for the gift of the book. Um, I haven't actually had time yet. I have time this weekend to actually work my way through it. It's absolutely amazing. I'm very proud, proud of you and proud to be one of your friends as one of your 
you know, people who who helps out the SBCM. What words of wisdom would you like to leave with our listeners? Um, it can be anything, Brad. It can be anything, but just something to give us all to think about, to take into the end of the week that can help us all. Sure. Here's one. My thoughts around failure. So uh, because we were talking about goals and, and mm-hmm. so this sort of fits with the theme. Uh, you're only a failure if you stop. Until you stop, you're not a failure. You're in the process of succeeding. You're just not quite there yet. You can only pop failure is a post facto term after the fact. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you have to have already stopped in order to be considered to be a failure. So just keep going. Wow, that's a wonderful, wonderful way to, to leave this podcast. And I know I don't want to let you go because I could listen to you all day, but you've got a busy mm-hmm. day ahead. So thank you, Brad. And uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Sure. Enjoyed this. Thanks. Mm-hmm.